Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number nine, How Three Little Principles Lead to Profound Change with Rohini Ross. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Changeable. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend and colleague, Rohini Ross, today. Rohini is here to talk about the three principles, and the three principles really are the understanding that is behind this new paradigm that I've been sharing with you. And they are really the thing, if you can call them a thing, the package, the understanding that has by and far been the biggest influence in everything that I know and do and think and understand about who we really are. Everything that I've seen about how change really works and who we are as people and how our experience comes to life within us and what's there before our experience comes from the three principles for me way more than any other influence. And that's the case for Rohini as well. So Rohini is a teacher and author and speaker about the three principles. And she's in the middle of something really amazing, which is called the Soul Centered Series. It's a massive undertaking that she has put together a six month live course, basically, with six of the original teachers of the three principles. So people who have learned directly from Sydney Banks and do this work and have done this work for 40 plus years. And I've been watching Rohini behind the scenes. I saw this come up as an idea and now become a real thing with, you know, lots of people signed up and lots of excitement around it. And it's been really cool to see her understanding deepen and her respect deepen. And I know she has a deep respect for this. So when I thought about digging into what the three principles are, Rohini was the first person that came to mind. So if you are interested after you listen to this conversation in her Soul Centered series where you can learn more about the three principles, you can find out more about that, more about Rohini at her website, rohiniross.com. Um, and slash Soul Centered Series is where you'll find about the course in particular. But either way, I really hope you enjoy this great conversation with Rohini Ross. Hi, Rohini. Thanks so much for joining us on Changeable today. Hi, Amy. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here and talk a little bit more in depth about this new paradigm, what I call the new paradigm, and specifically about the three principles. And for everyone listening, I really wanted Rohini to be um, here in this particular conversation where we really dive into the principles a little bit more because you know I know she's been really impacted by them. She shares them in lots of different ways out there. And she has a, a deep respect for them, you know, and for, for like what we can talk about a little bit is how, how this, this uh, paradigm kind of came about and the people who have brought it forward. So Rohini is hosting a, a really amazing opportunity, a massive project, a massive undertaking on her part too, of gathering um, some of the original teachers of this understanding in one place for one giant course where people can just learn so much about it. So 
we'll, we'll get into that, but I'm really glad to have you here, Rohini. I think it's going to be a great discussion. So maybe just start if you're okay with it. This is always like the hardest question in the world, but just, just maybe say a little bit about what the three principles are. <laughs> I know that's like, it's so funny. That should not be the hardest question, but it's a, it's a tough one sometimes. Well, it, it's, it's, an, it's easy to answer in a way that really doesn't mean anything to people, but it's right. hard to answer in a way that has meaning. So the, the three principles are the terms that, that define them are mind, consciousness, and thought. But what the meaning behind them is that all of these terms are pointing to how we as human beings have a human experience, how that comes to life. And so it's a way of pointing towards something that really can't be explained or put into words, but to try and make it useful and practical. And so really the principle of mind is the pointing to the fact that there is an intelligence and energy behind life that animates us, that you know has seeds grow into plants, has acorns grow into oak trees. There's that intelligence that is um, greater than who we are that just animates the life force. And we also have the ability to have our own thinking. We have thoughts that come to us. We don't really know where they come from. I certainly don't know where they come from, but we all have thoughts constantly all the time. And really, that's what is the bridge between that intelligence behind life and what we get to experience as human beings. And because we have consciousness, we can become aware of our own thoughts. And we can bring those thoughts to life and they come to life in us on a physiological level where we feel them as emotions and sensations. And we, we bring them to life in terms of what we create. So there's this bridge between the intelligence behind life that's the formless energy and the world of form that we live in. And the principles are a way of pointing to how all of that has an interplay together. Wow, that's a good answer. <laughs> I love hearing that too. And I love what you said about, um, you know, we can describe it, we can define it, and it's pretty meaningless, but there's a feel to it. And just as you're saying that, you know, I, I, you, can, you can start to feel it. It's like, oh, there's this, this amazing, life-giving, energizing source of wisdom and of everything really. And then it shows up through us and brings stuff to life in us, you know, and that's, again, that's just maybe my little summary that I'm excited about in this moment. But it, but you know, there's a feel to that that I think really impacts people. Absolutely. And it's really pointing to the wisdom and the knowing that we all have of that. So I'm saying it in my words, but really we all have our own definition of the three principles within our own lives. We might not call it that, but we all have the experience of bringing this formless energy to life every day, every moment, every second. So it's something that we really want to look for within to know what that means to us. And the principles are simply a way of pointing people to their own wisdom for that. Yeah, that's great. So how how would you say the principles are different and I'm, I know there's many ways, but what kind of just comes to mind for you in terms of how they're different from anything else that we knew, anything else that's out there? Well, working as a therapist and a coach and having you know that training before I came across this understanding, I was really taught to 
work with the world of form, work with the world of our thinking, work with the, you know, the form of our emotions. And so all of my training was pointing me towards looking at my thoughts, looking at my feelings and going into the content of those as a way to experience more freedom in my life, as a way to connect more deeply with that source. And so when I came across the understanding of the principles, what was so completely different that I had never experienced before was that the teaching was basically saying, don't look in that direction. Don't go further into the emotions. Don't analyze your thoughts. Don't try to manipulate your thoughts. Don't try to control your thinking or change your thinking. And I had been spending personally, not just pointing my clients there, but personally putting so much energy in those directions to try and improve myself and have a nicer experience in life. And so when I heard the understanding, there was something that really rang true for me. And when I looked at what would happen if I stopped looking at my thinking, <clears throat> stopped trying to manage my feelings, what I saw was that I naturally stabilized, that there is this intelligence that brings me closer to stability internally, has me experience more peace of mind naturally without any effort on my part. And I had never heard that before. So for me, that was revolutionary. And it completely changed how I related to myself, but it also changed how I worked with clients because I couldn't point them to do all this work when it was so simple as simply letting go and coming back to what's already there and what already wants to be expressed. Yeah, that really, um, really gets to the heart of it. And I'd love, as you know, I love to talk about change and it's like, you know, what you're sharing there is just how much we've been pointed toward making change happen by dealing with what's already there dealing with the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors, stuff that is already formed and really doesn't need our intervention at all. It doesn't need anything. I had a client this week describe it as, oh, I see it now. That's dead energy. And I just loved that. Like, yeah, like we want to look toward what's alive and what's fresh and what's moving. But like you said, therapy and psychology and you know, not everything, but a lot of the, the older um, traditions, they're looking at that dead energy and wanting to do something with that. Yeah, and the, and the aliveness that's present when we don't look at that direction and really look at what's beyond that, what's behind that, where is all that form coming from? There's such incredible power in that that is so transformative, healing, uplifting, and it's it's just being able to shake our heads enough so that we do look beyond what all of the content is. And, and it sounds really simplistic in one way, but it's really a learning process of, of seeing like, oh, I got hooked up again in my thinking. Oh, look at that. I went for a ride with it. And, and it's, it's just so compelling and so habitual that it's, it's recognizing, oh, that's the dead energy that I don't want to look in the direction of. But what else is new and fresh and seeing that we can always come back to that, even though it's going to be a learning curve and we're going to get caught up all the time because I know I do. Yeah, there's something really, really exciting and safe almost about looking in that new direction toward what's fresh and seeing that when we look there, 
when people look there in general, they have insights and they they do change it. Like they just see brand new things. We can't predict or know what we're going to see there, but to know that that's within us, that that space is there and it's like just fertile ground, you know? And, and in some ways, I mean, that's one of the harder things in my experience about kind of sharing this with people and who are not used to that is like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if you're, if you're going to stay in your marriage or not. I don't know if you're going to lose weight, but you know, whatever, whatever our mind wants, but it's like, but just look there, just look there and see, because so often it's way better than we even think it could be. Well, that's my experience in terms of letting go of my ideas of how my life should look, how I should be. Um, You know, one of my things was I thought, you know, that I needed to improve myself and get rid of self-doubt and insecurity in my life and was putting a lot of effort into that. And when I realized like, oh, there's nothing to fix there. There's nothing to do. Just let that be and look at what else there is fresh and new rather than being fixated on that. Then all of the possibilities opened up to enjoy life in a whole new way that I had never imagined. And things that were nothing to do with insecurity shifted. My, my marriage tremendously was impacted by this understanding because I showed up in a whole different way in a place of my own well-being and feeling good that had just this amazing ripple effect on my marriage. And when you talk about that, that safety, that security, like it is that there's, there's such a relief in knowing the certainty of that infinite capacity to have fresh thinking at any moment, even though we don't control it, it is there and it comes forward for us in ways that are unpredictable, unexpected, but always amazing as far as I'm concerned. How is your work with clients changed? Like what is what does that look like in just like a few sentences? With my clients, I would spend prior, I would spend a lot of time going into the cathartic expression of emotion. So it would be kind of like a pressure release and really giving feelings a voice and and kind of um you know, looking in that direction and also then really looking at reframing limiting beliefs, really looking at what's not true in our belief system as a way to try and support people in breaking free from that. And when I experienced the level of freedom that I did from having nothing to do with any of those techniques and really just having an insight, having my own insight that helped me see that I could take the pressure off of myself, let myself be myself, and that I was okay and that I didn't need to be fixed, it helped me see that my clients didn't need to be fixed. Like I didn't realize, but I was kind of seeing that my clients needed to be fixed because that was my orientation. And so I showed up in a different way in which I saw more clearly their wholeness and that they didn't need to do any strategy or technique. All they needed to do was see their wholeness as well. And so that became the the single focus of my work was to point people in the direction of their wholeness. And what I find is that this, this understanding, the new paradigm as you're calling it, is one of the most simple, straightforward, impactful ways to point people in the direction of their well-being, their health, that is absolutely there no matter what their circumstances are in their life, even with significant suffering that people experience because I know they do and I'm not insensitive to that. But even within all of that, we can still experience that well-being and peace of mind that is within us. And that is so empowering. Yeah, it is. What do you think the 
like, how do you see the principles being different from other spiritual traditions? So it's, it's kind of easy, I think, anyway, to see how it's different from a lot of psychology and a lot of, like you said, everything that works with that dead energy and the form. But what about something like non-dualism? Like, I mean, you don't have to make an official statement <laughs> comparing the two, but mm-hmm. just in general, you know, like how is it, um, what's, what's different in what Sydney Banks saw? Like, what does it add that, that we didn't have before in the more spiritual traditions? Well, for me, I hadn't come across any kind of spiritual tradition that didn't have some kind of ritual or practice associated with it. I think that all spiritual traditions, religions are pointing in the same direction. I think they're all different ways of looking in the same direction to this ultimate truth that is a mystery and beyond words. But what for me is different about the principles is that there is the simplicity and the lack of dogma around how to look in that direction. And that it really points people to find their own path and their own way, rather than giving prescriptive practices and asking people to do this so that you get there. So, you know, that I come from, you know, and I'm, I'm, I love to meditate still, I will do it. I don't necessarily have as formal a practice as I used to, but it, it, it's like I came from a practice of yoga and meditation where I became very um, superstitious about it. I wasn't, I was thinking that the form of the practice was going to get me to my experience of what, who I am, the truth of who I am. And so it was putting something between me and what is. The practice was, was a barrier and it became a barrier. And so the principles helped me to see that, oh, there's nowhere to get to. There's nothing to do. It's already here. It's already alive inside of me. And there's just varying degrees that I experience it, but I don't need to work at that. Yeah, that's um, it's huge. It's, it's really, really huge. Like It feels like as much as people can say, oh, I get that the practice isn't it. You know, the practice, I just do the practice because I like it or, you know, it's, it, it's, we're just human. And I think it's so human that when you do a practice all the time and it becomes intertwined with, you know, your spiritual beliefs, like it starts to look like it no matter what it is. So I love, I love that piece of it that you can, we can do whatever we like to do, but, but there's nothing that we have to do. It's really about just seeing what's there already. And I think also, and tell me if you have seen this as well, um, there's a piece of the principles that bring it, that, that talk about the formless and the form. So it makes it very, um, like it, it doesn't ignore the psychological. Whereas I think in some spiritual traditions, it feels like an either or. Like, are you going to go to cognitive behavioral therapy or are you just going to go meditate and not understand why, where your thoughts are coming from, you know? And so I love that the principles seem to really encompass all of that. There's a real practical quality, and that I think is what you're speaking to, is that it does talk about, it points in the direction of the formless source of who we are, but it also speaks to it in a way that is so practical that it helps us navigate our human psychology with so much more grace and ease. And so that experience of feeling the depth of well-being and peace inside of myself, like that could have just been a lovely experience. But combine that with the understanding of what that is, meaning, 
oh, I just dropped out of my psychological noise. That's what happened. And now I'm feeling well-being. Well, that understanding then allows me to not listen to all that noise as much. So there's a learning curve on the psychological level. So as much as we're all awake and enlightened beings as we are right now, we still navigate the world of our psychology. We're still in the world of form. And so I find that I'm able to be in my humanness with so much more compassion, kindness, and grace with all of the weaknesses and frailties that that entails. Yeah. And ironically, like not needing to change that. So ironically, it just doesn't matter. (laughs) Like that's sometimes the hardest thing for someone to get their head around, right? It's like, yeah, but I want to stop being a perfectionist. Yeah, but I want this, you know? And it's like, yeah, exactly. So, so it's going to, what shows up shows up, you know, we can see it with more grace. Like we can have that space around it. And the really funny thing is it does start to change often, you know, or we just couldn't care less. It becomes less of a problem for us. Well, the suffering changes immediately and the behavior may or may not change. And I had that experience with my feelings of insecurity. I would get really insecure before doing public speaking and it would be so uncomfortable. And that was why I really thought I needed a change and there was something wrong with me. And when I just saw it as human and normal and nothing to be worried about, I had exactly the same physiological kinds of experiences, but it was not a big deal. Like my suffering around it was like, you know, almost gone. And then what I noticed over time, as I didn't try to change it, it pretty much disappeared. (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've been working so hard. All I needed to do was like, oh, nothing needs to change. And then naturally it shifts. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. I love how you share this. I really do. And I, I really respect the, wor- the work you're doing to bring this out in the world. And I'll be sharing the details of, of your soul-centered series um, with everyone who listens to this. But it's been great, great hearing from you, Rohini. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Subscribe to the podcast so you can get new episodes as soon as they're available. And please consider leaving a review on iTunes so that others who need change can find their way here. And if you're ready for your own deep and lasting change, you're in luck. The Little School of Big Change opens for enrollment October 1st. I only open the school twice a year. It is the most amazing little baby of mine. It is my signature course where for six weeks, you're getting really deep, really profound content about this new paradigm, about how you work so that you can have your own insights. You can see who you really are and what's in the way, what feels like it's in the way and what's true of all people. And you will be changed. People go through this course and they find freedom from habits, anxiety, depression, procrastination, all kinds of different habits and addictions and issues many times that they've been struggling with for decades. And I just absolutely love it. I'm there with you all the time, walking you through the content on the forum, having calls. It's an amazing course. And again, it starts October 1st. So it's coming up. So go to the littleschoolofbigchange.com to get on the wait list and you'll hear everything you need to hear to join us in October. I would love to have you there. <laughs>